fucking Americans. Like, let me go into the Dairy Queen drive-thru and tr die trying to reach for a blizzard. Okay, one second. Let me make an audio adjustment here. Yeah, yeah, I noticed I peaked a bit. Nobody has any respect for what I do. Just <laughs> 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 make that like the cold opener. Welcome to the Forest Creek Podcast. I'm Raph. I'm Jared. And we're here today to review one of our favorite comedians. It's definitely my favorite comedian. John um, Mulaney. <laughs> uh, I, I like John Mulaney. Like, his specials are good. I just hardly check in with anything he's doing. He was coming to Vancouver. My sister and I were going to go with oh, tickets, yeah. but, like, the bottom price was, like, $200. <laughs> It's, it's the thing like these SNL guys. When you do well on SNL, you go around, you just start charging all this money to do mm -hmm. these theaters. Right? You want to make bank? Keep doing it. Keep playing the thing. What I love uh, is hearing about people like Louis C.K., who runs everything himself now. Mm. He does his own tickets. He does his own bookings. He gets his own theaters and all that stuff. Dang. And he'll alternate between doing, you know, Madison Square Garden and like a private little club. Yeah. yeah. Where you're not going to have to pay up through the nose to see him. And when you do see him, it's like this little intimate thing, and he's actually mm -hmm. like working on new material. Mm -hmm. You know, the SNL guys like I, they work hard; they work just as hard, but they run everything like institutionally. You know, like they go to Ticketmaster, so they have mm -hmm. to go through these theaters and like they run the whole gambit themselves, and they get their special up on Comedy Central. Louis's been doing everything on his website, for instance. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about when we were reviewing Andrew Schultz special, right? There's like a movement. To start mm -hmm. taking all of your entertainment into your own hands. Mm -hmm. um, this is not that. This is a Netflix <laughs> special. Which is really funny because for the longest time that Tim Dillon was not able to get onto Netflix. Who's the comedian we're reviewing today, of course. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that. It took Tim Dillon a really long because he did special where like a bunch of comedians come on. And, you know, they each do like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And he did his 15 minutes and nobody ever heard of him again because mm -hmm. like... The thing that was successful for him to do wasn't to keep pining at the doors of these institution kind of places. It's to take it into his own hands and do the Tim Dillon show mm -hmm. and like run a Patreon. And then he makes hundreds of thousands a month or whatever and goes off and buys houses in L.A. and Texas, yep. <laughs> you know, which seems like it's the model for success. But the thing about doing that is that you're now relying on your talent to sell everything. Mm -hmm. Works for some people, other people have a hard time. That's definitely the hardest thing about like being an influencer or like whatever online personality like that. Yeah. That nobody talks about is it's like, yeah, everything is on you though. A hundred percent. It's like you have to do absolutely freaking everything. Until you get to a point where you can start hiring people for things. I'm sure there is a lot of influencers out there that are complete airheads and they only know how to hit post. Yeah. But there's other ones that work hard and be like, do you even know what an RSS feed is? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like learning all this stuff just to even set up this podcast place that we have going. And this is, you know, amateur. Mm -hmm. Pretty mediocre by comparison <laughs> to what a lot of people and I have about. no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm working with? <laughs> Right. Tim Dillon, a real hero. He finally gets his Netflix special after years of like popping in and out of the Joe Rogan podcast yeah. and all that. Let's go back a little bit. Um, let me explain. I got to know who Tim Dillon was around end of 2018, beginning 2019, somewhere in 2019, because that's where he really, really popped off. Basically, he was doing his little niche show, Tim Dillon. It used to be called the Tim 
Tim Dillon Goes to Hell, and now it's the Tim Dillon Show. <laughs> and they used to have that old illustration of him, like, in cartoon form, sitting yes. over top, and there's, like, yeah. nuclear they blasts still got in the background. That. I think, yeah, they still yep. do. Right. So they had that for the longest time. They still have that as the art. Um, he's still with the same guy, Ben, doing the show. But he was, like, a stand-up comedian who was doing the podcast, and the podcast was building a little niche community. The episode I jumped in with him, I, I started, like, listening to him sporadically or, like, watching a lot of his YouTube videos. I think what happened was Joe Rogan started to become infatuated with him mm. in the sense that he saw that Megan McCain video. And yeah. then Joe Rogan would start bringing it up and showing people. I saw Tim Dillon before I saw him on the Joe Rogan thing, but I was like, oh, that's probably why it ended up in my feed. Mm-hmm. But I started going down that rabbit hole, and next thing I know, I'm listening to podcasts pretty regularly from him. One of my favorite ones was the corporate steakhouse episode. <laughs> there was like listening to Tim Dillon gives you this feeling of like, this is dirty and you're not supposed to be doing this. This is very uncouth. You know, you can get in. Not that people are going to think not as nice things about you because you're supposed <laughs> to be a polite Canadian and you're listening to this raunchy American. <laughs> it just became like it became the regular sermon. <laughs> Every week you would wait for the Tim Dillon show to come out and listen to that hour mm-hmm. and him just sermonize basically for an hour. Um, whether it was a rant about the economy or the elites or like conspiracy theories or Carvel ice cream. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or Dolce de Leche. And then the Patreon when I got into that. Now it's two sermons a week. And then we went and saw him in person and all this stuff. Oh man, oh. that was great. I still think about some of those jokes. (laughs) You pretty much know him through me. That's literally how I know him. Yeah. Because you started, the whole group knows him because of you. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, it's funny. And everything you showed me of him was like, dang, that's freaking hilarious. But I never got into him. Yeah. Until Feb, I think March of this year, when I started listening to him, I listened to like one to two episodes a day. (laughs) Like back to back constantly. It was, I don't know what happened. Something just clicked. And I was now hooked, constantly listening to him for a month and a half straight. I listened to almost nothing but Tim Dillon. Isn't it almost, like, embarrassing to like a comedian as much? (laughs) It was wild. It's like, I've never listened to a podcast that much. The only podcast I listened to, like, routinely before this was the Sleepy Cast. So we did our uh, episode number nine, which at the time that we're recording this just got released. Mm-hmm. Episode number nine, we talked about Tim Dillon and his like gave a general overview of like who he is and, you know, his attitudes towards stuff. Because it is like his he's become astronomically popular, not just as a result of getting on Rogan, but just off of his own talent. Yeah. Just going off and like exploding and going off. Mm-hmm. Because it starts with Joe Rogan noticing you. But then you have to sustain that. Yeah. You know, like Joe Rogan's had a lot of people on that like get their five minutes of fame and then hundred percent off they go. Right. It's the David Letterman wave. <laughs> <laughs> but Tim comes in and like nuclear, everything he says is nuclear and he goes off and like, you know, when he's in the room that this is going to be a great show. Yeah. Right. Even for the things that kind of seem boring. Like I've seen him do a couple business podcasts and he still makes them fun. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other part to it is, like, you know it's also not going to be that same Jimmy Kimmel corporate-sanctioned <laughs> comedy. Everybody do the dance Wasn't with that the... something he said at some point? It's like, yeah, it was like, you people deserve Jimmy Fallon. That's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really you true. You want Jimmy Fallon dancing with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> the way he has rips like late night comedy for being what it is it's so good because it's like as soon as 
because uh, with the comedy he does, as soon as he says something like, you deserve Jimmy Fallon, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's the biggest freaking insult. <laughs> it's up there in his arsenal, right? And the Tim Dillon show is kind of like that. It, it's that, but it's even wackier. Yeah. You know, he doesn't typically have guests. Mm-hmm. His producer doesn't talk as much as you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes off on mm-hmm. to the microphone, just going through. I heard him talk about literally yesterday. I heard him t- his bonus episode. He talked about Lizzo's movie. Big girls and how it's like these people are at health risks because they're backup dancers, but they're all really obese. Yeah. And it's just like destroying them. (laughs) And then, you know, you run into all these fun stories like him at the Bitcoin conference talking to Jake Paul. Yeah. Or him getting into an Airbnb war. Yeah. With the desert (laughs) lesbians or whatever. I love how much he loves the Paul brothers. It's freaking hilarious. It's just I it's it's also one of these things like I talk about him all the time to my friends. To my family, to like people that know me professionally, I like mm-hmm. kind of hide it away. <laughs> so I'm just like, if you watch him and then like try to read my personality based off of what this guy is saying, I'm afraid <laughs> of what people will think because it's also insane. That's so funny because I just send people the clip of him doing like uh, an inspirational Olympian thing. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh my god! Oh, it's amazing. I like, got you to kind of start with him when I showed you the fast food thing, or like the Denny's. Oh, the Denny's menu. The tres leches pancakes. Oh my gosh, oh, that was amazing. That was so That's funny. legendary, dude. When he does stuff like when he calls Carl's Jr. and asks what they make for a living, he's like, "Do I get to take the food home?" That was so. It's like I've got a family of three. We could do this all day and just bring up bits that yeah. we enjoy. Like I highly recommend you go to one of the best of Patreon. Uh, episodes that they do because every once in a while like they'll make a volume of like best of patreon where he'll take snippets of the bonus shows and oh i haven't seen any of those they're really really funny um but tim dylan a real hero his stand-up special it's about an hour it is a really solid hour i was very impressed with it the Mm -hmm. whole way through you know we talk a little bit about andrew schultz like i want you to bring the best of the best when you are up on stage you know i don't want this to just be another episode of your podcast that's you know, it's inevitable that the two things will resemble each other, but I think Tim has done a great job of stepping up his game for a stand-up special. Mm-hmm. You know, let's bring the bits that make people laugh the most. Let's string them together in a way that, you know, they're pretty airtight. Let's add in that level of physical comedy, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, and all together, the special came together very well. Like, my face still hurts from watching <laughs> that thing. That's how I know it was good. Yeah. I, I will outline this one thing, just a couple of things that are thematic about Tim Dillon. Mm-hmm. The first is the optimism, because he dives in and out of realism and surrealism. Mm-hmm. And one of his most famous monologues are about being an American, saying that things are really bad, but they're also pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of like, yeah, we know the reality of the situation is problematic and very, you know, like there's a lot of decay in the system. There's a lot of things that are going to eventually get us if we don't deal with them. But where they are now is pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, global warming and, you know, economic crises and all the stuff that's going on with pandemics and wars. But we're in the Dairy Queen drive through right now. <laughs> things are going to be OK. We're going to get a blizzard. <laughs> 
And that's the kind of like optimism that he brings to his things, right? Yeah. So when you see the special come on, the design of the special appeals to that. He says his name is a neon, that kind of like 80s nostalgia neon. And then this techno lasery kind of music comes mm-hmm. on and the theme is very like nostalgic. And it's bringing a lot of that energy of like, yeah, things are going to be okay. We're going to make <laughs> it. Um, he comes on. Uh, as opposed to Infamous, when we talked about the Andrew Schultz special, yeah, this set is blue, you know, like the optimism color. Yeah, it's like a deep, sincere blue, and what he's wearing is actually like the comedian, the static comedian uniform. Yeah, right, the black T-shirt. Yeah, it started. It's a tradition. It starts with like George Carlin always coming in wearing like a black turtleneck. He looks, first off, he looks like a French poet, <laughs> um, but that was George Carlin. And then the other thing about the reason why they do that is because it doesn't distract from the material. Mm-hmm. Very simple, very basic, right? That doesn't mean you can't wear costumes. Like, you should see Cat Williams doing his hair up like the mayor of Whoville. <laughs> you know, fluffy with, uh, you know, palm trees in the background and the mm-hmm. Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. it all works, right? But style counts for something. And when you don't have some style that you want to inject in there, when you want people to just focus on your material, the black t-shirt is the way to go. That's what mm-hmm. Louis C.K. does, right? Famously. Always a black t-shirt. Black or like really dark blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one thing that's interesting, the way colors make you feel in the backgrounds, because comparing Infamous to a real hero, it's red and blue. Yeah. And I think it it matches their styles well, because Andrew Schultz, I guess, I don't know, but it's like with the name Infamous and the way he goes about things, that like striking red color is always there. Yeah. And it's always in the foreground of, like, the way you feel about what's going on. And I think that's what he was going for. Whereas Tim Dillon, the background, just sort of melds into what's going on and you pay attention to him more. Yes. I think with Tim Dillon, the stand-up special was very ethereal. Mm-hmm. It's in our imagination. Yeah. With Schultz, it's right here it's in, in front of face. us. It's in your face. Right? Yeah. It's like the audience is lit up and he, Schultz is talking yes, to the audience. And it's more. like going back and forth. I Tim, forgot about the audience. Everybody be quiet. Yeah. You know, this is my stand-up special. Like, he doesn't not... You know, interact with them, right? He goes, "Did you have a question, dude?" <laughs> you know? I think it happened. I think it happened literally twice, and the second time it happened, I was like, "Wait, was that an audience interaction?" <laughs> it it felt like yeah. part of the bit because when he we're did it. up in our imagination. That's yeah. the same thing with like you know one of the fun things that he talks about is like the Tim Dillon show is really an audio show. We do the live stream, the video, and people get upset when there's no video. But yeah, he's like, "I'm an audio boy." This is an audio thing. <laughs> what are you? It's the same thing with stand up. Like most stand up specials that I've listen to i've listened to i didn't mm-hmm. watch them right i just put them on spotify or wherever i managed to find them and i listened to this show yeah that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch them but the strength of a joke and your material is going to happen in your imagination yeah it's not going to come out with me looking funny on stage all the time right? yeah it's like i think the only visual thing with stand-up that matters is visual comedy because and tim dylan does that in his thing he's like they're doing stuff like this and then he'll make gestures or when he does one of the tiktok dances yeah right? yeah like that. it's, it's like, like the physical thing where he shuts up and starts moving that's the joke now right. it's like that's the only thing that's visual that matters now i'm again not talking down physical comedy because there's a really big element to presentation right mm-hmm. that's why the design of your set is important yeah um and the other part to it too is like when you're managing the energy on stage how are you pacing back and forth 
what bits do you stop on? How are you looking at the audience? And when yeah. he talks, like when he opens up with his bits about people in Denver being glazed over, <laughs> and he like takes on that kind of expression, it's like, yeah, he nailed it. Yeah, he did that. He's been doing the podcast more often, but he also used to do a ton of visual sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. And when you see his visual sketch comedy where he's like dressed up as the giant Corona ball <laughs> and he's just he's got a cigarette dangling out of his mouth and he's like just <laughs> kind of shrugging at people like I can't get a job and all this stuff. It's like he's nailing that kind of thing. Yeah. Or uh, when he was playing somebody who's like got a million diseases, but they're walking around New York going, this city will never die. <laughs> I just watched. And he does the... like a little pirouette and the pirouette is like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched the Frank Fauci bit. Hey, I'm Tony Fauci, son of forget about. <laughs> He's just splashing around in the tub. Yeah, or even like uh, Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. When you see Tim on the podcast, you know he's like He's in the zone when he has the aviators on. Oh, man. That's right. so good. Just that. And you know what do the aviators tell you? What does a lot of his comedy tell you? Like he said himself on Joe Rogan's podcast, which he just did shortly before releasing his special, it's a commitment to apathy. <laughs> it is like you go crazy when you start to try to sympathize with every little bad thing that's going on in the yeah. world because there's an endless amount of it. Yeah. So you have to kind of commit to some level of... Beyond this point, I don't care. Dude, that's it's like it's a thing that's been talked about for quite a while, but I think it's it's nice that he it's such a theme in his whole thing. Like in every joke he does, that's the whole background of his just how absolutely absurd these things are. And he obviously in his jokes takes it to like ten notches higher. Yeah. But then you can see it's like because that we have the whole information overload thing, and it's like, oh, uh, ten thousand children just died in Kenya. It's like, great. What do I do about that? I like what he's, Guess I can't think about that. <laughs> he do, does a great job of like, oh, no, that's so terrible. What happened in Ukraine? What is the garlic bread here like? Yeah. <laughs> like, like oh, it's, we're at a restaurant, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, the most important thing in life when you're Tim Dillon is just be fun at dinner. Boom. That's <laughs> So in that special, um, that this is all right kind of thing comes around. What does he open with? He opens with that classic comedian thing. Like, let's start with a joke about the place I'm in. Yeah. You know, when he talks about Denver, hits it pretty well. He doesn't like nuke the town very much, Mm -hmm. but he just kind of like opens up like, I know what's up here. I'm not going to start talking about how awesome you are from the get go. (laughs) This isn't the fluffy show. (laughs) It's so good. And it's like, cause the joke is everyone here is so beautiful and athletic. But when you look in their eyes, <laughs> there's nothing inside. It's a glaze. And then he goes from there to one of his specialties. I'd say the area where he's able to appeal to the widest audience is when he talks about food. Because mm-hmm. this isn't a guy who doesn't know what he's talking about. He can Jim Gaffigan this sucker. Right? Yeah. He can break out the fast food bits. You know, talking about Pizza Hut and like the quality of oh person you gosh. have to be to go sit in the Which Pizza Hut. Which is the Hut. worst because as soon as he said that, I was like, I've done this. <laughs> I, when, when he started talking about Little Caesars, I just looked over towards you because it's like a joke between us that Little Caesars is like hooker pizza. I had Little Caesars for lunch three days in a row this week. So when he brought that up, I was like, he got he's you. targeting me. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that matters is that it's warm. <laughs> I was like, I literally go there because it's the cheapest. Yeah. And now it's not the cheapest. Hot and ready, baby. <laughs> <laughs> just say it's hot. They'll come. <laughs> yeah, so he opens up with the thing that everybody can get on board with. But mm. you gotta now love, he can't stop being himself. 
Yeah. You can't stop being about like, let's talk about what the situation is <laughs> that you are going to this. I like, you know, he's talking, he's glazed over, sitting at the, feeling terrible, sitting on the edge of his bed and his parents are like, you're failing math. It's like, we're all failing. <laughs> <laughs> we're at pizza at 3 p.m. Another thing that is like a big element of his character, I think he can't not be who he is. He can't not be unfunny with his presentation of something because yeah. his voice is naturally very hoarse. <laughs> like yeah, he, says, like he looks like 15, a bad cop. Yeah, like 15, 20 years you know? of smoking cigarettes and doing cocaine will do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> so when you hear him talk, it's, <laughs> it's like, he sounds like he's about to go on a rant no matter what he says, right? <laughs> he also has that like um, younger white guy energy of like, Hey, I'm the boss of this company and you're not doing a good job. <laughs> you know, like I have I've had a couple of bosses like that. Like they're nice guys. Mm-hmm. They don't mean any they're harm. not upset with you. They sound like they're upset with you, you know, in that way where it's like Tim is a little upset with you. <laughs> and, he sounds like that. and he sounds like he's dissatisfied. But that's like a big part of where a comedy comes from is this dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. If you listen to a Jerry Seinfeld stand up hour. Dude. He sounds like he's upset with everything. Yeah, absolutely. His whole thing is that everything's awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is ridiculous. How, t- how this small little issue. <laughs> right. But on, and Jerry's like super 100% clean. Tim, mm-hmm. very, very dirty, but there's still more optimism in yeah. the show. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, it sucks, but here we are. You know, that's an interesting comparison, Seinfeld to Tim Dillon, because it's like, Seinfeld's whole thing is whatever this small insignificant thing is, it's a big problem. And why is this a thing? Which is, and it's hilarious how he does that. Tim Dillon is like, look at this major issue that's going on while I eat ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is a big deal, but I don't care about it. Instead of this is, yeah, sorry, I was getting closer to the mic. It's like instead of Seinfeld's, this is not a big deal, but I care about it immensely. Whereas Tim Dillon's the opposite. Look at this is a giant deal and I don't care at all. <laughs> like when he talked about uh, getting the vaccine, it's like maybe hang around for 15 minutes in case you have a seizure. He's like, let me die in my car like an American. It's like, let me go into the Dairy Queen drive through and tr- die trying to reach for a blizzard. Okay, one second. I'm going to make an audio adjustment here. Yeah, yeah. I noticed I peaked a bit. Nobody has any respect for what I do. <laughs> I don't know why that hit me. You should just make that like the cold opener. Just put nobody has any respect for what I do. And then I'm the opener. That that needs to be like a title somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> just just a t-shirt that's our first piece of merch nobody has any respect for what i do <laughs> so the fast food thing you were talking about that's a really good transition to one of his bigger like one of his great bits that he does like a transition that he does it's very nice is the when he starts talking about fast food getting political yeah yeah right oh because it's gosh. a great way to introduce that theme that topic without diving into a place that hurts people it's doesn't this annoy you too? Yeah. You know? Because yeah. I'm sure like even <laughs> the most 
pro-LGBTQ activist, when they're going through the McDonald's, they're like, can you shut up about the pronouns and get me that Big Mac? (laughs) Are the sauces in the bag? Are the sauces? It's it's funny because it's kind of true. Dude, uh, (laughs) and the way he describes it is like, Crypt Keeper Monster is reaching out the window to hand you your fast food. It's like... Why Why am I seeing Adidas do a pride flag on their <laughs> June socials? Yeah. It's, it's sell the pants. Everybody Just, knows it's like cor- corporations don't care about the yeah. whole gay thing. We talked about it a little bit in our Were It episode where, mm. where we're talking about, you know, like corporate values are not real values. Yeah, you know? yeah like they're, they're fake. Just, they're fake and they're trying to pretend like it's the same thing. We'd all get along a lot better if we just were a little bit upfront about like, hey, this doesn't do well in Saudi Arabia. That's yeah. why we don't. <laughs> you know, that was actually um, most recently Dave Chappelle bit mm. about something similar where he's like, I'm at the Popeye's trying to get a chicken order <laughs> and there's a racist guy behind the counter. It's like, you want some watermelon with that? <gasps> yes. But... <laughs> right? It's like, nobody cares. You're working at the... Yeah, yeah. Working at Sonic, right? <laughs> the Nazi works at Sonic. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I don't care if you're a neo-Nazi. You can't do much when you work, if you're working at Sonic. It's the sauce in the bag. A, <laughs> there was that one moment where somebody calls out, and it's just like, calls out indica or sativa. Yeah. You know, making a reference to what kind of cannabis do you think is better? It's like, first off, Tim is sober. Yeah. 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 Like an ex-cocaine addict, alcoholic, who's like... Yeah. So he does nothing. Not the person who would have the answer to that question. And when he <laughs> was smoking weed... He probably didn't know what kind it was either. <laughs> there could have been fentanyl in that sucker and like nobody would have known. <laughs> Light me up. <laughs> it was really funny because he, he was talking about it on the Joe Rogan show. It's like, I had drugs in my car all the time. I'm just really <laughs> lucky I didn't get caught. It's like, uh, been in like multiple car accidents, yeah. totaling cars. <laughs> like still never always gets out of it somehow. <laughs> but that's right before, you know, this guy brings up Denver and then... He goes from there into talking about this other thing that he brings up all the time, that Texas versus California kind of thing. Because during the pandemic, we saw this big move where people were like, hmm, California is not doing a good job with the COVID mandating. They've been overdoing it maybe a little bit. And they're taxing me out the nose. Doesn't make sense for me to stay here. So people left and then they would go, what is the nearest place that I can go to that I can still kind of be myself, but enjoy the benefits of being a place that has different policies. Mm. Austin, Texas. It's the most liberal city in Texas, right? Still kind of hippie, still kind of popular. There's music festivals all the time there, so naturally the culture kind of builds up around that. And it's a great show town. They had a little bit of the same homeless problem, but not (laughs) nearly as bad as California. I don't think anywhere in the world has a homeless problem as bad as California. And then obviously it picks up a ton of popularity because joe rogan's like i'm gonna go there and i'm gonna bring as many comedians as i can with me there Mm -hmm. and this is gonna be like the new hub and we're gonna start a comedy club (laughs) and then elon musk's like i'm gonna go do spacex over here so like naturally people start gravitating and they start moving over towards austin texas just goes this is the worst place ever (laughs) it's like well he follows along and then he's like thoroughly unimpressed (laughs) when he starts talking about the pandemic i love the way he opened it up with like we started it up and it was all white bitch 
yoga energy. <laughs> the earth is healing. The dolphins yeah. are coming back. And then it ends with a guy in a Viking hat trying to get Nancy <laughs> Pelosi with a pen. <laughs> Which isn't necessarily what happened, but it's like an interesting way to illustrate that that difference. Because most people find that when white women try to tell them what how to feel and what to do, they feel like it's condescending. Mm. And you can kind of see how that condescension, a little bit of it snowballs, and then it leads into people freaking out yeah right it's like that's it started with you telling me what bread recipes to bake during quarantine <laughs> and now we're gonna have a civil war <laughs> you know it starts small it starts small <laughs> it, well it's it's the condescension i think that's one of the biggest things yeah. about the pandemic is that like when we got told what was healthy and what was safe and like we knew which boxes to check off that made us good people yeah and then they didn't really do that but we got to feel like they did yeah i think it's that whole thing of like this is the right way to live and it's like people just telling you how to do everything it's as soon as you tell people on a mass scale how to live it doesn't work even if you tell us like that's the whole thing with parenting kids it's like do this son they do the exact opposite obviously that's how people work everybody does that so naturally, obviously, I mean, like, hey, you gotta. Sometimes, some people were like, "Yeah, let's bake some bread and do some." I never understood the bread thing. Out. Why did that get so popular? With things to do when you're inside, I guess. I mean, what is your apartment <laughs> gonna smell like if you're not baking bread in the quarantine? Do you want to know? Hamburgers. Do you want to know the human filth stench that's gonna accumulate <laughs> over the the time that those wine moms are just incubating inside of? <laughs> I got a little bit of that Tim Dillon energy right now. <laughs> From there, we get to... Because it's like the alternatives, either you freak out and you go to the Capitol, or you, <laughs> or you stay inside and watch Disney+. Plus, and that's oh where he gets gosh. into like the Disney adults. Which I'm 100% like, with him on this. <laughs> we got a fun little like range of all the Tim Dillon targets. Yeah, yeah, and we did. And one of them is the Disney adults. Which is my favorite thing he ever talks about. Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts about that is when he goes into like the first off, he does this classic bit because like he's done this bit before. It's like if the Magic Kingdom was a real kingdom, my country would be at war with it. We bomb it. We torture Goofy. <laughs> he's done that bit before. It's still really good. Yeah. Um, but he goes from there into something almost deeper that he's kind of mentioned on the podcast a couple of times before. But it's like his origin story mm. is the parents getting divorced. <laughs> that was oh a really, goodness. really good bit. And it's like, yeah, you can kind of see that apathetic realism, surrealism <laughs> origin story of like, how does this guy end up this way? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. It's so good, dude. I'm 100% with him on that. He's <laughs> like, if you're, watch if you're 36 and you're watching Disney anything and you don't have kids, you should go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Your sickness isn't trending. <laughs> Which it like... I love that as a as a bit just because it's like, first off, it's a very classic Tim Dillon bit mm. to do of surrealism, realism, right? Um, and it pokes a funny situation. It's a very great comedic observation, but like the punchline is not only like great for the joke, it's like thematically beautiful. Your sickness isn't trending. Mm -hmm. So we're not interested. Yep. We're interested in other things. We're interested in the things that are going to make us rich. The followers, you know, that likes and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You, Sorry, like the cancer is just not up there. Today. It's not. <laughs> it doesn't have one of the biggest Old hashtags news. next to it. We don't care. 
You know, Anthony Fauci isn't coming on the news to talk about cancer. He's yeah. coming there to talk about <laughs> gain of function research. No, <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't talk about that. He yeah, it's the opposite. <laughs> going into that, you know, it's a lot of the global versus local reaction to things, mm. which he brings up during the, thing, uh, the pandemic, the way different places handled the vaccine, the way different people handled um, the oh, pandemic yeah. altogether. Yeah. Uh, this idea that you could go and get the vaccine at a CVS and they just tell you wait 15 minutes or you'll have a seizure or something. <laughs> I thought that was so funny when I got the vaccine, I was sitting there for 10 minutes. Two minutes in, a worker came by and said, what are you doing here? You can leave. And I was like, I have to wait 10 minutes. And they're like, oh, okay. Came back three minutes later. Go, go, get out. I was like, it hasn't been 10 we minutes. We need the like, chair. Go die outside. They didn't need the chair. There were 30 empty chairs around me. <laughs> I was like, we're just what? sick of looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things he brushes on there is like that, you know, the news calls it a holocaust of fat people. Which, hey, they were saying, it was like saying that this is killing a lot of obese people. Yeah. They weren't, they were being honest, but it's just <laughs> a funny way to like phrase it. But like, <laughs> you clearly love making people upset at CNN <laughs> if you're like, you're going to die any minute now. <laughs> and then in talking about, because it's another part of the attitude, right? It's like, it doesn't matter how anti-vaccine you really were. When your grandma was like, I'm not going to take it. You're like, you should take it. <laughs> you should, you of all people. It's like, hey, even the people that advocate, most people who are not pro-vaccine, they were like advocating, hey, our kids shouldn't have to take it. Mm. A 20-year-old healthy young male shouldn't have to take it. Mm. Um, like the girl who runs the yoga class and does Pilates every day, it's like, you're probably fine. <laughs> It was, but, you know, when you see the someone like Lizzo, <laughs> someone like Tim, you're like, you should take it. <laughs> I don't want to repeat, of course, um, the entirety of his I do. Bit, Let's just say a word I just want to, like, point out, here are the targets that he's kind of talked about, because yeah. this is, like, his special is a really good summation of his regular podcast, right, mm -hmm. where he might focus in on one of these things or, like, pick a couple headlines and go through it. Yeah. One of his most famous ones was The Pit. Uh, he did an episode called The Pit where he talked about some hospital somewhere else that kind of like blatantly said like, yeah, you know, when people just start dying from the COVID, we, we put them in what we call The Pit. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Boil them in a pot, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the pot. Uh, one of the things that he brushes on from there is uh, the elderly. And the people with these ideas he even like touches a little bit on his mother, his this famous character, his oh, mother, who was not like the most mentally stable person when he was <laughs> growing up and was like a swimming instructor who pretty much lost her mind. Um, and she's like locked away in an institution and he visits her every once in a while. But like, <laughs> let's increase the dosage a little bit, Doc, you know, <laughs> but the fact that his mother is like a huge Trump supporter. Right. It's like even if you were really wanted to be on Trump's side, I mean, you're like, oh, this Can is you the time I'm Tucker. <laughs> this is the person that's doing it's like, And this thing about like, we have to protect the elderly. It's like five minutes ago, we didn't really like the elderly that much. It's like, what do you think grandma's going to do when we get her back? Dude, in I think that was my favorite bit. <laughs> or just like the general craziness from throughout like 2020 from like the riots. It's like, hey, they got the Trader Joe's, you know, they kind of, <laughs> Watching, so, like, a movie. Yeah, it's that same optimism yeah. floating to the top there, right? 
or um <laughs> i think that's on the apathy bit it's like it doesn't matter what's happening we're gonna treat it like it's a like it's a tv show we'll make light of <laughs> the possibility of nuclear war yeah like, what are you yeah <laughs> ah, if it happens it happens <laughs> deal with it <laughs> Which, I mean, like, we'll move on to the next we, thing what are we realistically gonna worry about you know like he was just talking to ben recently on the, the podcast going like well what would you do if you just looked out of your Tesla sunroof and saw the rocket going through? It's like, <laughs> that's it. Like, what are you going to yeah. do for your last few minutes? Pull Dude, over, ha- have a smoke? I had a dream one time where I was like on a hike and there was, uh, what was it? It wasn't a nuclear blast. It was uh, a supernova on a star that was near our, our planet. And it just, oof, done. I was like, ah, there it is. <laughs> you know, in the moment, all I did was like, I looked over, oh, there it is. We're done. <laughs> Oh, we're done here. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's maybe take it down a notch. <laughs> I, I kind of, sometimes I wonder is like, if we get the alert that there's a nuclear blast and I don't know, we watch Vancouver go up in a fiery ball and like the gust of wind is coming. It's like, for me, I'm like, I'm a little bit like, oh God, I got to call my parents. <laughs> I got to like do all it's this gonna stuff. It's going to be the Terminator scene. She's at the fence and she's suddenly a skeleton. We're done. <laughs> like, can it be that quick? I don't right? need to like run around town, like looking for my relatives <laughs> and all that stuff in the uh, early stages of the nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> I walked through blood and bones looking for my brother. The world is mad maxing and I have to drive to Coquitlam to pick up my grandma. <laughs> 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 right but at the same time meeting it with that apathy is like eh, don't really <laughs> got much i can offer and even when it is happening it's like we're we're being kind of sick about it yeah we're like yeah just let them burn it i mean dude that was the whole thing when it's like putin's threatening nuclear war like what do you want me to do about it <laughs> you, recently i actually read back um i read a little bit of the history around che guevara Mm-hmm. and his like communist revolution Che Guevara used to write letters to his kids he was like the he's the famous communist revolutionary you see him on all t-shirts and stuff always looking like poetic he was like a mass murderer oh yeah he would write letters to his kids about how to be good communist revolutionaries mm-hmm. and one of the things he's like do not fear nuclear war lust after it <laughs> it's like go embrace it as much as possible because this is our revolution jeez yeah. Now that's the great reset. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> we gotta wipe the earth clean with <laughs> nuclear radiation and then begin our communist utopia. <laughs> that was Che Guevara. Um, the CIA has his uh, genitals in a jar. <laughs> I'm actually serious about that. That's what? a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> that Why? Was, uh, they, that's what they got as proof just, from the guys that got him. Yeah. It's just like, hey, we have to make sure he's dead. Well, here, here's the proof. Instead of the ear, here's his testicles. <laughs> well, you can cut an ear off a guy, some addict, you know. You can do the same with the testicles. <laughs> <laughs> and then he kind of goes into like, but the, uh, the opposite, the polar end of that is like caring too much. When he's talking about the parents storming the PTA meetings and all that stuff. It's oh like, my gosh. <laughs> when you hear about, you know, from a parent's perspective, yeah, you should be storming the PTA a little bit. <laughs> but at this, it looks strange to an audience that's also apathetic. Because you got to remember, like, anything that happens, you have people who will really care and people who will not care. Yeah. You know, like, um, white lady gets hit by a bus. Some people are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for the family. On the other side of that, you're going to get LOL Karen. <laughs> like that's what's gonna happen right yeah. and then so you get these the people who care 
the parents, they storm the PTA. What are you teaching my kids to be transgender? <laughs> and then the people who don't care, look at these weird people who care too much that they're going <laughs> to storm a PTA meeting. What do you think you're going to get done? <laughs> We're like mad at people because they're trying to change things. Mm. <sighs> right. But then he talks about like <laughs> the Florida bill thing where... The teachers have to out the kids as gay. Oh my gosh, that killed me. It's so freaking good. It's like a little bit true. You know, it's <laughs> a, it's it's overcompensating, you know? I love one of the, the thing he does where it's like, he sh- he demonstrates like this, the in an absurd manner what's going on. He's like, this is an absolutely absurd situation. And then he his react the the reaction he he plays out to it is, well, that's a bit excessive. <laughs> I was trying to come up with like what are the rules for like a Tim Dillon character of just advocate for something horrible, <laughs> pretend you didn't know anything bad about it. Yeah. I'll do it with like a horrible, horrible example. This Hitler guy's not so bad. You <laughs> know, he's do doing flavor. pretty well with the economy. People are walking around, they feel a little bit safer in the streets at night. <laughs> Everybody's smiling, waving around the flags. It's good to see everybody on the same page. You know, doing all this stuff. And then it'd be like, but Raf. He started camps where he started annihilating like millions and millions of Jewish people who would gas them, all kinds of horrible stuff. I'd be like, well, that's not good. <laughs> that's a bit excessive. Well, that's a bit excessive. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> it's like kind of should be doing just that. agree, just like be like, oh, okay, I didn't know about that. That was. It's like the people that are like, say what you want about Mussolini. He had the trains running on time. <laughs> Vented the strawberry frappe. <laughs> right. Um, there's from that thing to like, you know, kids nowadays, though, they're a lot bigger about mental health the best the brave thing nowadays is to be like i'm not going to work today my mental health you know mm. i talked about this a little bit before it's like part of the same anti-work kind of wave from the worry episode <laughs> anti-work yeah it's the braver thing to do now is not to do anything mm. just be like i just can't today well, like, uh, <laughs> i think it was naomi osaka or somebody Whoever was the gymnast at the Olympics, just being like, <laughs> can't do the routine. Because it's either that or it's the, again, polar opposite. We're going to do it, guys. We're going to grind hard. We're going to put all our money in yeah. on GameStop. I, mean, I think gonna... it's it's interesting to me, the whole, oh, not today. Not going to do this today. It's like, oh, I got to take a mental health break. It's like, sure, but I was raised with, if I'm not, vo- if I'm not throwing up, I'm going in. <laughs> One of the notes I wrote in here is Joel Olstein wet baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, him talking about Irish Catholics and just how sad the situation is. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> Even the cheers are sad. <laughs> <laughs> or like when he starts doing that bit, that's like he nails it. By the way, because you feel like you've seen like a million home videos of like Irish Catholics at a party and they're like just doing that arm wave. <laughs> One of the bigger thematic points that he lands on, um, being effed up for fun. Mm. Or like, to be fun, you have to be a little bit effed up. Oh, if you're yeah, a little bit effed yeah, up, yeah. it might be a little bit fun. Right? And that kind of coming <laughs> along, again, that same duality of this is bad, it's also pretty good. When Tim Dillon is talking, you feel like you are sitting with your uncle <laughs> at one of those plastic chair table arrangements by the pool at a motel <laughs> while he's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> T- listening to Tim Dillon is the waitress at this okay restaurant <laughs> who's taking forever to get you your meal. And when she gets it, she's not that happy about it. <laughs> she still smells like the cigarette because she just came off a break. 
and she has an eye patch. <laughs> you know, it's these are the kind of things that I think of. This is the atmosphere Dude, of the it. Best and waitress. it's both terrible and also pretty good. It's okay. <laughs> Um, one of the things I love is, uh, when he talks about the economy is doing okay when Justin Bieber can spend a million something dollars on an NFT (laughs) or when people are still taking cruises. Yeah. Still doing it. Dude, that that was never going to end. His (laughs) bits about the cruises were really good. Dude, spot freaking on. (laughs) Cruises is one of those things. It's like when a comedian talks about fast food, we mentioned that a little bit. It's like, it's an easy target for comedians to hit and he does a good job of hitting it. (laughs) Dude, I went on one cruise. I've been on a single cruise in my life, and everything he said was like, oh my gosh, he's 100% freaking right. The last couple things I want to talk about in this special, you know, his closers mm-hmm. are the Airbnb story. <laughs> Dude. Is, that's him That's him doing like that is Burt Kreischer doing Russia. Yeah. It's like, you know? that was for the fans. That was for the fans. <laughs> him talking about his war with the Airbnb people. <laughs> it's a funny story it's like it's really it's like a badge of honor that he trolled them so hard he yeah. got banned off of Airbnb. so freaking good dude i was sad when i because i'm going backwards in the pot in the podcast i was sad when i hit a point where i was like no more airbnb jokes <laughs> <laughs> when he actually like one time he did a, a an actual dive into airbnb and airbnb hires like former cia officers wow. to work at the thing Including one of them who had to do like damage control for a situation <laughs> where uh, a man broke into an Airbnb and the women staying there were completely unsafe while he robbed them and stuff. Yeah. And they were like in great danger. And the guy who's researching the former CIA officer is like, well, we're doing everything we can, but, you know, he might get away with this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is going on at the Airbnb? And then, you know, there's a little few rushes there again, circling back to... We're making light of nuclear war because you can't really deal with it. Just enjoy the ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think about Taiwan. Think about blizzards. (laughs) His Joe Rogan impression is my favorite version. It's amazing. It doesn't make any sense. It's the impression he does for absolutely everything. No, that's not true. That's not true. (laughs) Because he's done like a lot of really good impressions for a lot of things, but his Joe Rogan impression is like tailored (laughs) to be bad. (laughs) Yeah, and you can tell what kind of state of inebriation we're in as we're listening to it because it'll start with, "Are you going to tell me about the vaccines, man?" <laughs> it always sounds like he's choking a little bit, and is oh, sorry, no, when he's uh, he's like he's chewing. Uh, yeah, he he you said it's like Austin, I gotta. Feel, I feel like I gotta chew when I do this voice. <laughs> you should come to Austin, man. We're going oh, to we're start like, a comedy club. Never met him. <laughs> and then he, he starts to get full falsetto. Yeah, because he'll start getting higher and higher as the pressure gets weirder. <laughs> he'll be like, "You want the vaccines, man? <laughs> <laughs> the vaccines, man." <sighs> all in all, um, Tim Dillon is a real hero, a surreal hero, <laughs> the realest hero, my hero. <laughs> I'm very happy with it. Jared, what do you get it? I don't know. Eight, nine? Yeah. What's a 10 for you? I mean, 10 is absolute perfection. Right. So unreachable. Actually, like, I'll be honest here. My honest review, 8.99, something like that, in that area. Like, I'm thoroughly happy with it. I don't know if I was over the top with it. (laughs) Right. It's definitely, I'm glad that Netflix finally put this thing out. Yeah. One of the things I'm really happy he was mentioning with it is that they didn't give him any notes. Yeah. No notes. Like, they you're learned a comedian, their lesson. You say this stuff. 
right? Because yeah. they are also becoming an institution. Mm-hmm. They were a streaming platform where everything was like the Wild West, and now they're also becoming an institution. Yeah. Right? They're learning. We can't give them notes, or they're also going to keep running off because Tim has a big enough platform that yeah. he can do what Schultz did yeah. and take it um, by himself, do his own thing, release it just yeah. on Patreon or something, right? Yeah. Which I... I don't know if I want to see more or less of, because I kind of like that I can go to one place and find a bunch of specials. Yeah, but no, it, it is It is nice when it's like there's a threshold of having a special on a certain network to be like, oh, look, I've made it. It's like, that's cool. I like that stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, Tim got a Netflix special. It's like, that stuff's great. But the other thing that you run into and, you know, the same kind of deal with Spotify is, am I supporting the artist? Am I supporting the person I like? Yeah. How am I showing that... This is good because the honest vote is I'm going to give you a money for yeah, this. Yeah, not yeah. I'm going to pay a monthly subscription that I have anyway and mm-hmm. maybe we'll watch your special. Yeah. Right? I um, find it's like bands. The only way to do that is with merch and going to the shows. Yeah. It's like that's the only real way to support them. That's why I have a fake business hoodie. There you go. There we go. <laughs> so that was Tim Dillon, the realist hero. Go check out the special on Netflix mm-hmm. if you want to get an idea of what our sick sense of humor is derived from. <laughs> but I'll, I'll be real. One of the inspirations for starting the show, for starting a podcast yeah. like this, because I just wanted to have as much fun as he is having. Mm-hmm. You know, like, obviously, it's not going to be the same thing. And I'm not trying to be a copycat. But you start by doing the things that you like. And eventually you'll get to the places that you are good at and mm-hmm. are right. That are real and true. Um, one thing that we kind of forgot to brush off, the hero thing, do you feel like it came up a lot? No. I don't know why it was called a real hero. I think it was, he might have intended to make a lot bigger of a nurse target. Mm. That was one of his things that, were like, made him popular throughout the pandemic, because everybody's saying how fantastic these first responders yeah, are. And he's yeah. like, hang on a minute. <laughs> There's fires everywhere, so the firemen aren't doing awesome. Yeah. People are dying like crazy, so how could the nurses be amazing? <laughs> the cop that we know. <laughs> we can't, like, the cops, we've seen the video. One of his best bits is looking like a bad cop. That was so good. This is your son? We're always ready to dance. <sighs> okay. I don't want to take drag this on too long. Um, we've got a lot of exciting things happening at the Forest Creek. I say that pretty much every episode because it's almost like a contractual obligation of having a podcast. True. We're doing awesome stuff. <laughs> Stay around. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> We're it. I'm disappointed in you guys, the, the followers, the listeners. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> Where it's been up for a little while now and nobody cares. It's been up for a day and a half. One day you'll all be wrong. <laughs> one, one day my biggest follower source won't be bots. <laughs> It'll be people who actually like this. I, if anything, one day your biggest follower source will be bots, and that's the point. Uh, keep an eye out for Jared's stand-up special coming soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's going to do the whole hour on pizza. It's called A Pizza Hero. It's not really about... A real pizza. No. <laughs> Jared Regan extra sauce. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just you and an audience full of psychopaths. <sighs> Catch us on at the Forest Creek. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, LinkedIn. Creek at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts. Tell us what you think about these specials or if you want us to keep talking about comedy or if you want us to shut up. <laughs> Direct all of your complaints to Jared. Um, no, to AD. <laughs> to, uh, he'll delegate them down. He's human resources. Our website, theforestcreekweb.com. Coming soon. Stay tuned. Ooh.
we're working on it and once the website goes live you'll have a place where you can find all of our content and where you can find some services to help get your small business off the ground we're talking media marketing uh working on it and hopefully to launch very soon we're excited to start talking about all of that fun stuff we've also got some fun stuff coming up with one of our favorite groups of people j and k dynamics who make awesome custom fan stuff whether it is lightsabers to live out your galaxy battles dreams or whether it is tabletop rpg games or minis or i'm not actually sure what the full extent of their merchandising <laughs> is but it is all awesome stuff we're excited to do some work with them coming soon and yeah stay tuned follow us like please share it please if you don't share it i'm gonna keep guilting you <laughs> eventually you're gonna do it well, listen, if you really want to prove to the world that you're a kind-hearted person, it's not about wearing a mask, it's not about getting a vaccine, it's not about post posting a black square on your Instagram. All you got to do is go to the Forest Creek, like, subscribe, follow, share. Bye-bye. Open your wallet. <laughs> Nobody respects what I do. <laughs> Title of the episode.